back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. A very special edition because we have one Josh McQuistion in studio. Uh, it's the first time in a, maybe like two years, three years. Well, it's, I guess we could tell Lainey was an only child at that point. Yeah, so we're, we're talking at least three years there. Uh, Lainey had to stay outside and play with your trees outside because we were not entrusting her inside. Yeah, there's things that you don't want kids around in here. Well, I mean, I see... It's not like dead bodies or anything. Well, I mean, there is insect killer on the floor that I can see from where I'm sitting right <laughs> and it's, now. And it's leaking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 powdery. So I mean, I just have to, I have a lot of anthills outside that I need to uh, take care of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How I long has a, that been sitting there waiting for you to take care of them? Since last summer. <laughs> Good thing the summer's here. You're just ready to Hopefully roll. There's nothing cancerous in that. Just uh, ready to roll. I sit in here every single day. Uh, I'm sure there probably is. Uh, anyway, yeah. So Josh, Josh. Eddie is numb to the experience of being here, but Josh is not. It's too much. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna need like 20 minutes of podcast before I can settle into my space like, here. This Just stuff wasn't character. here when you were here last mm-hmm. time. Nope. Like that stuff wasn't mm-hmm. here. That stuff behind you wasn't here. Well, the whole living room setup. Like, yeah, there's a desk in the in my living room. I mean, now I am enjoying the fact that I can kind of see friends catty corner on the TV in the living uh-huh. room, so I'm enjoying that little experience. This TV's not working anymore in here. It's only 20 years old. <laughs> it was like the first... Pla- it's a plasma. <laughs> like, they don't even make plasmas anymore. That's uh, what that is. I remember when the, uh, when I bought one, or didn't buy a plasma, but the guy was like, you should... The, the true black of plasma. Like, it was a whole thing. That was the that mm-hmm. was what that thing... It's the Pioneer. They don't even make Pioneer TVs anymore. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. That was really. I always thought those were really. That was nice. the swankiest of the swanky back then. Yeah, the day. Pioneer was. Yes, it was. That would have been like 2008. That was balling. Served its good purpose. There's been some good games watched on that television. Yeah. And here, doing uh, post game podcasts and stuff. It's the old, it's got the cable card in it. So it's like it didn't need a box, which I always, this is why I kept it around. Mm hmm. So anyway. Yeah. It's a good thing Tiffany's not here because she'd be putting price tags on things. Yes. T- Tiffany would be straightening you out quick, fast, and in a hurry. So anyway, the reason that you're in studio is because you're out and about going to uh, different spring camps and things like that. Eddie's been out as well. It's been raining. I'm sure anyone in the region knows uh, it's been nothing but overcast and drizzle, and I, I, I haven't even peeked out today. Eddie says it's raining a little bit harder today. It was coming down pretty good on the drive-in, but it just it's nothing big. I mean, it's yeah, it just a little bit. Yeah, kept anybody from really no. practicing or anything like that. But uh, Josh... Just tell everybody kind of where you've been and and what you'll be doing throughout this week. Yeah, uh, you know, started yesterday kind of with some small schools, kind of northeast Oklahoma, did Grove. Uh, They've got a really nice backfield combo of uh, Carson Trimble and Emmanuel Crawford. Then went over to uh, Hilldale and really just was there to take a picture. I'm going to see those guys a little later in the week at a team camp. And then, you know, really then you started to hit the big boys. Went to Union, saw Jaden Rowe, Oklahoma's DB commitment there. That it was our first time to watch him in person. We'd never seen him before and didn't get to see him work, but still. Just you know, physically. Seeing yeah, him. like you you look at him and I'd seen the track times and I thought, man, there's no way he's 6'2", 210 pounds. And a 
bubbly Kirk Frederick yesterday. I mean, you, Eddie and I were what? marveling. Yeah, what? he was. He led us he around. Got the red carpet. Yeah, we, it, it was. It was. I think he had missed us. I think COVID had cost. <laughs> He he let down the walls. It, it was a very different experience. But no, he was you know just kind of showing us everybody. And you're looking at Jaden Rowe, and I said, Coach, you know we we kept thinking there's no way he's six two two fifteen whatever. And he goes, there was one point in this spring when he got on the scale and he was two hundred and twenty pounds. And yeah. this is a kid running ten five hundred meters. I mean, and so I get to talking to Coach, and I said, Well, you know, what do you think? Where do you see him playing? Because there's corner, there's outside linebacker, there's safety, there's nickel. There's all these possibilities for him. And he goes, it's the same thing from every staff, Josh. He goes, they don't know what he's going to do. They just know they want him. And guys with those kind of physical measurables, that's exactly what we're talking about with um, with Alex Grinch. He, he wants to find the guys with the physical tools and then make them work. And, you know, and that's Alabama's approach. Yeah. I mean, they take they take – they want to take the guessing game out of it. They mm-hmm. don't want to get some guy that's five nine that might run a four three, uh, and hope that he's able to do it. They, they'll settle for the six two guy every time. And my favorite part was, you know, and to lead into the last trip of yesterday, Not, they don't settle for anybody. Yeah. We we went over to Booker T and did an interview with Gentry Williams, and we're talking to him kind of after the interview's over, and we're talking about Grinch and his relationship and. Kind of, um, we were kind of talking about Micah Tease and whether maybe OU could get involved there. But what was interesting is Gentry goes, because I made some reference to you know, you know, OU has parameters they want to hit as far as height, weight, speed, that kind of thing. And Gentry goes, "Oh yeah, Coach Grinch has a type." Like, and I mean, like he knew it. <laughs> they know. Like, yeah, like as a recruit, like it's clear that OU is very honest. Like, yeah, you're two inches too short, or you're a tenth of a you know second or tenth of a second too slow. They're very clear with even the recruits that you need to be to this physical standard or, you know, you're not going to work out here. I thought it was kind of interesting, we, too, that – go ahead. We have an identity in a scheme. <laughs> it feels weird, doesn't it? We finally know. It feels weird. The type is able no to say longer that. whoever we can get. Mm. Sure. Yes, <laughs> and then trying to make a work. And I don't think there was any position on the defense for years there that was more clear in the secondary, that it was just – because, I mean, it was all these mishmash guys that, you know – like a, you'd have a Trey Brown, and then you'd turn around and have a, you know, Buki. I guess you could say, like, just I mean, and not that Buki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Banasaur is a great example. I was Bob. thinking of him exactly. Yeah, yeah, like just very, very different types of players. And you know, Buki is where he's a kind of instinctual guy, going to play kind of just off of what he knows. Meanwhile, Trey Brown is just a freakish athlete, and you can make those guys work in the same secondary. I'm not saying you can't, but. It's clear, you know, when OU starts recruiting a guy, you kind of know, like, okay, this guy could fit here, this guy could fit there. But that is what makes Jaden Rowe interesting. He could fit every spot in the secondary, or he could play linebacker. And, you know, talking to Eddie and I yesterday, you know, and Sounds I. Sounds like that's an option for you. Yeah, Jayden. yeah. He was pretty open to it. I think he wants to start at corner. I think that's what he'd like to do initially. But he, you know, he told us in the interview, if OU, you know, if it works out best that I become a will or something like that, he'll go with that. And, you know, that's going to be the interesting thing about the fall because we're still kind of stuck in our old school ways and that, like, we look at Justin Harrington and we're saying, but he should be a safety. Like, Mm -hmm. that size is just, it's for a safety. Like, why is he playing corner? But that's, I mean, that doesn't really, like, Alex Grinch doesn't think like that. No, I mean it, it, clearly. I mean, and even it's even more interesting because you know, like we've talked about so many times with Harrington, it's not just that oh he fits there. 
there seems to be a bigger need there, and they're still like, we're going to get him run at corner here. We're going to give him that shot. And I don't know if that – that could be up to so many things. You know, maybe corner's a little easier to grasp what's going on. He hadn't played a lot, something along those lines. But Or it could just be, you know, they feel like that's where his best position is. So there's – all these guys. I mean, like I said, it, it's it's interesting anymore going – whenever, I, you know, going to Virginia and seeing Kelvin Gilliam and those kind of guys. DeMond Harmon's a great example, another big, long, athletic guy. When I walk in to see an OU defensive recruit now – there's not the – I wonder if that's him. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's him. Like, you know, like, that's the dude right there. I can see it from a mile away. That's that kind of guy. And part of it is they're recruiting better, but part of it is they also are clearly recruiting to very, you know, the genetic .001% of, of football players. I think it was on TikTok. And I don't know if it was Rivals TikTok account or not. I don't know if you saw this video, Eddie, but they were – it was filming a bunch of kids – in you know, filing out for football practice out of their locker room, uh, and it starts with the first kid. And <laughs> I says, did see this. Guess, I did see it. Guess which player Alabama is recruiting? Uh, and there's all these little short, shrimpy kids, and then all of a sudden, this offensive lineman walks out. He's like six eight, like yeah, three forty. Like literally has to bend down to yes. get through the door frame. I forgot who it was. He was a massive guy, though. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and uh, that kind of leads me into you know today went and saw uh, OCS early. Got a 2024 athlete in Henry Rothwell that's an interesting guy. Going to be, um, you know, corner, receiver. He, he, he's kind of got a frame where you think he might fill out, but he's real lean right now. Uh, and then went by Moore and saw um, Jax Rumsey, a 2023 offensive lineman that I think is going to get some some I Big like 12. Yeah, some Big 12 Jax offers. Rumsey. J-A-X, too. I mean, like, he, he that just sounds like a lineman. He's a wrestler, uh, was top 10 in the state in shot put. I mean, he, he's just a good all-around athlete. And... Um, they also have a the, the discovery of the the week so far was CJ Simon the um, kind of wide receiver athlete they've got over there that you know it was funny talking to their coach uh, like this is early in practice he goes this is his first day here we've been practicing for four or five days but he had to wait for eighth grade to end before he could come <laughs> practice with the varsity <laughs> so he did seven on seven all weekend then came out this morning. And they've got a kid on their team that was like a state finalist in the 200 meters, like a good athlete. So they run this little DJ Simon, they run him, or excuse me, CJ Simon, they run him on this little fade route. He just runs past the kid, makes a great catch in the end zone, puts one foot down. You're like, okay, this is, I don't know enough about you yet to get crazy, but you've got something. So, uh, and then, you know, for the rest of the day, it gets even more interesting. Going to go see By Job over at, um, uh, I always get it. Is it Crossings Christian or Community Christian? I Community. Always, yeah, Community. I, those two, I cross them up every time. Uh, and then um, tonight, going to see Norman High in their uh, their spring game. Get to see Cooper Alexander for the first time. Oh, nice. Uh, the T.S. McCarty kid. And then through the end of the week, you'll get, you know, it's kind of, the, uh, it's every day is kind of a mixed bag where I'll see some small school guys and then you move in. It seems like it kind of happens through the course of the day. As the day goes on, it gets bigger and bigger. Um, going to go do a Wasso's team camp. Uh, the Choctaw team camp, Mustang team camp. Uh, it, it's it should be a really full week. The only thing that's interesting to me, and I didn't really realize it until I got here and started on Monday morning. I'm not sure when I'm going to see Jacob Sexton or Talon Chetron. I don't know how that's worked out. Now, luckily, I've seen both this spring already, so it's not that big a deal. But it's just interesting that you know two guys with OU offers. I'm having to try to find a way because it's really good talent in Oklahoma in. Really, from 2022 to 2024, we've got guys with offers that we need to go see. 
And Josh, I want to go back to yesterday, and you mentioned Micah. We know if it's receiver, it's probably not going to be the Sooners. But what about in the secondary? Is he someone that could maybe go in in that direction and be a legitimate Sooners target? I think Eddie can attest. I was man crushing pretty good yesterday. There on was Micah a lot to like. I yeah. I mean, honestly, he looked so much different than the guy that we saw even. I mean, shit, like a month and a half ago. Uh, rivals, yeah. Um, no, he. When we walked, it's different out, when you see him with pads on and sure, stuff like that. But sure. it, at the same time, it's like you could they could do a lot worse. And you do, you know, pads are right. And you also have to remind yourself of when he's at a rivals camp, everybody there is kind of a dude. At even at a place like Booker T, where there's a lot of good athletes, you know, there's also there, there's the um, perspective manipulation. You know, the the you can kind of see a guy. And you're like, well, he looks bigger than he would amongst other D one type guys. But I he's put in a he's put in some good work. I bet he's now you know probably five eleven. 180, 185, and starting to really put it together. The thing that surprised me at safety was um, how physical he was. Yeah. When we first got there, they were doing some inside drill, and he just kind of came in and immediately just clobbered this running back coming through the hole. And this is, you know, again, this is Booker T. You're talking about him going against good athletes, guys that are on his level. So I, I was very impressed um, with, with what he brings to the table, and I do. I, I think he could be – an OU type target as a as a safety maybe. Uh, I don't know if he runs at corner quite like they're going to want, but again, I, you know, we had it in the scoop last week. This is a guy that Booker T tested in the low four fours, and you know, and that's handheld, and you've got to take that into account. But this is a guy that can that runs better than I think people realize, and I, I think has a chance to turn into a pretty major power five recruit. Shit, I, I mean, as we're wrapping up day one, have to talk about uh, the offensive lineman up at Union that we came across as well. Yeah, uh, Bennett Ringlub, a kid that you know had played some games for them last year, uh, ended up tearing his ACL. I think he said in week eight. Yeah, uh, it was what Coach Frederick had told us. Um, but you know, was it was it knee or was it shoulder? I thought maybe he had a shoulder issue. I thought it was a knee because he still had a brace. Oh, that's on right. That's and, right. Yeah, that's right. So I think that's right. I think I think it was an ACL. But, um, you know, for him to already be back and going through it, it tells you, I mean, he's, he's rehabbed pretty hard. And, he, you know, he had the yellow jersey on. So I've got to think his teammates are thinking, oh, he's going to be three-quarter speed. Well, we get over to the offensive line group, and Eddie and I are talking to Coach Frederick, and he, uh, he goes, yeah, you know, we're, we're not full go today. I mean, we're all pads, but, you know, we're, we're keeping him especially kind of light. And literally, as he's saying it in the background, it's Bennett Ringlam just burying a teammate <laughs> and like basically rubbing his nose in the dirt. It was pretty. It was. It was definitely something fun to watch. Um, he has that kind of that Nate Anderson look mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. He just looks like a tough kid. Yep, I, I would say Eddie about six four, probably yeah. two seventy five, two eighty, something yeah. like that. He he's he's big enough that you can tell he'll put on weight. He'll be fine. But he's not one of these kids that's 320 pounds and is going to have to lose weight when he gets to college and, you know, kind of redistribute it and look, clean up a little bit. Um, is that uh, 2023 or 24? Uh, he's 2023. Okay. Um, and, you know, the, speaking of a guy who, who does have to lean out a little bit is Demarion Thomas, the big defensive lineman, offensive lineman. But, right. I, you know, we talked earlier about Micah Tease being kind of surprising making the move to the other side of the ball. I'd only seen Demarion Thomas play defensive tackle. Watching him play guard yesterday is interesting. That's a big guy. He gets out on the second level really well. Super powerful. Um, I, I I would I wouldn't be shocked if some schools took a look at him in that direction. And I think he's going to play well. And you never know how much when they get those guys back because mm-hmm. they, I think they were pretty light on the numbers at O line. But 
I mean, he did look good. He kind of he kind of looked a little bit, and it was because of the number, but he kind of looked like a little bit of uh, Tyrese Robinson yeah. from uh, maybe two years ago when he was mm-hmm. leaned out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, there, there was some of that. Um, the only other guy at Union that we got to talk about is, again, for those that don't know him, Coach Frederick is a very nice guy but very reserved. He's not the kind of guy that – tells you about this freshman class that's going to be great and they were undefeated for 12 years or whatever. That's just not his style. But listening to him talk about Geno Boyd and Lane Wood, the two 2024 guys he's got that played as freshmen at Union, you know those guys are going to be somebody. He was telling a story about Lane Wood in the playoffs and he goes, you know, quarterback throws the ball, it's kind of broken down and you don't really know where it's going. And, you know, he's like, where, where is it? And he says, oh, it, it gets to, you know, our, our freshman tied in. And he was like, normally you'd be going, oh, crap, you know, this is going to be a problem. And he breaks it for like 40 yards and resets the field, and it's a whole thing. So, you know, Lane Wood's a big kind of tight end. It worked some at outside linebacker yesterday, but I don't think that's really the plan. I think that might have been a numbers crunch. But kind of a tight end in that same class, like we were talking about with Cooper Alexander at Norman High, that could be really good in the state. Meanwhile, Geno Boyd is just an explosive wide receiver. People are people talk about him kind of like they would talk about the Presley brothers when they were that young. Um, now, that's a lot to lay at anybody's feet, especially as good as those guys have been in Tulsa. But, you know, you saw some ability yesterday where there would, there would be a ball and it looked like he was hip-to-hip with a corner and they'd throw a fade and he just had that extra gear to go get it and accelerate and kind of leave the guy behind. So, you know, it's early for all these guys. I mean, we're seeing a lot of pups this so far this week, but there is definitely some good young talent in the state. Needless to say, I think Union's going to be okay. You know, Eddie, we <laughs> talked about that yesterday, but I, there was a different feel at Union. Like yeah. there was more. Like I felt like the last two or three years, we obviously not last year, but the years before that, we kind of went by Union almost out of habit. Yeah. Like it, it was just you know, yeah, you had Union to go. and Jenks. Mm-hmm. exactly. Like they, had to figure they had to adapt to what Owasso and BA were doing, uh, or they were they were going to get left behind. But now, I mean, they've they've that twenty twenty four and twenty twenty three group at Union is really good. Shit, I thought the uh, I thought the running back kid looked pretty good yesterday. He's going to put up big numbers in six eight one. I mean, that's just guaranteed, and especially if he's running behind an offensive line that they think is going to be pretty good. That looked kind of like Trey Sermon in high school, like you know. Really? Like that, that's. I mean, not so much like I, I just mean like his style physically, of play. He's big. Yeah, the way he's going to physically overwhelm a lot of defenders at the high school level is kind of like Trey in college, like just so big legged and his lower body's huge and he could play out in space. I mean, there was. Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all if he's a guy that you know Tulsa comes on in November or December and decides they want him. You know, I, I'm curious. I mean, you're talking about all these guys, uh, and we know over the last few years we've seen other schools uh, from out of state kind of descending on Oklahoma a lot more, whether it was Memphis. I think they probably started that where you're like, okay, well, people are really going to try and make something out of Oklahoma mm-hmm. as, a, as a recruiting ground. Uh, we know Arkansas will come in and try and get people, but do you get the sense like when you when you deal with these younger kids that that Oklahoma is still head and shoulders above unless they're Oklahoma State guys? Yeah. I mean, that the, the two in-state schools and specifically Oklahoma, that it's still going to be really hard to get a kid out of the state uh, if OU really wants him. Yeah, unless I, you're talking about Texas or Alabama or you know things like that, sure. like a Jacob Sexton situation. Sure, or, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's Florida any question. With, uh, what's uh, the defensive end? Um, why am I blanking? Um, Florida with a defensive end. Uh, the kid that they offered really early. 
in Oklahoma. The- Bob, Bob, we What's need up? you here. Defensive end, Florida, uh, from Oklahoma? The guy that was in the picture yesterday. McClellan. McClellan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I um, thought, my God, I'm so stupid. No, no, like, no. I, I just could not think of who we were thinking I, I, of. I, Chris McClellan. Nope. No, that's you're absolutely right. Um no, I because I mean, even and McClellan's a great example. So do I think that other schools absolutely have a chance of Chris McClellan? Yeah. Do I think that if OU goes hard at him and recruits him like they are Gabe Dindy or Jare Bledsoe, they can get him or will get him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, you know, I, I think we so often focus on what OU isn't. You know, they're not Alabama. They're not Clemson right now. You know, whatever. We forget that who else is even on their level? I mean, like who Around else? Around here, yeah, nobody. I, I mean, there's nobody close. I mean, the only there's three programs. A&M wishes that they yeah. were, but they're not getting the results on the field. Yeah, I mean, at some point. Or they, they think they are. They, yeah, well. They don't wish. They they just act. People like always that. act like what Jimbo's doing is some revolutionary thing. anything they've done for the last 25 years, 30 years. <laughs> I knew Eddie was going to jump in there. Well, look at, look at someone. I mean, he put together several top 10 classes. Yeah. Like, this isn't some unheard of thing. This is what happens, and then the rubber meets the road, and A and M has to actually get over LSU and get over Alabama and get to that next level, and they can't ever do it. Or least, and it's certainly not consistently. So just like they couldn't get over Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, you know, some you know, kind of like the world needs ditch diggers too. Somebody needs to finish third place. It's racist. So, um, but uh, hey, that that's Caddyshack. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not shitting on Caddyshack. A judge, well, too. Judge, judge Smales. Smales was very racist. Yes, I think that's fair. Judge Smales is racist. Yeah, we can cancel Judge Smales. Um, but no, I I think there is. I think there's a lot of pull. You know, I, like I said, I was talking to a player um, last few days where he was like, I just want to go to Oklahoma. You know, like he and he doesn't have an offer. He's not that kind of guy. But he's gonna get offers. He'll be recruited. And I, I, there's still just a lot of pull for these guys to go to OU. Now, if what anything, is, it's probably I would say for the preferred walk-on program is oh, probably sure. stronger than it's ever been. Sure, and that's probably because of Baker. Mm-hmm. I mean, starting it. <laughs> yeah, because OU's shown an ability. Like if you're a walk-on and you're good enough to play, well, we're going to play you. I mean, that's that's the way that goes. And they could point point to how many guys they put on scholarship mm-hmm. that were walk-ons oh, over sure. the last few years. Sure. I mean, sometimes we sit there and say, well, why are they giving? Uh, Spence Jones and scholarship, like uh, it's like there's a reason that they do it. Uh, it is not just because the kid's really good and and he's earned it, but you're able to go to these kids' families every year and say, look, you know, thirty percent of all our preferred walk-ons mm-hmm. end up on scholarship or something. We we were just talking about Micah Tees, and yeah. we're talking about and he, you know, and I said, you know, what does OU kind of mean to you? And he goes, oh, you did an amazing thing for my family. You know, took, you know, I'm talking about giving Miles a scholarship. Yeah. And, you know, that that means something to him. And you think about all the years where it felt like there was kind of, I don't know, bad blood's not the right way to say it, but for whatever reason, OU and Booker T could never connect. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's ever been a better time for OU and Booker T where Gentry, you know, the son of an OU alum, like he, he's he loves the university, yelling boomer at the end of our interview, and again, I, unsolicited, had nothing to do with anything that happened in the interview. He sure. just said it. I, I, I know some are going to ask for horns down, some um, you know, media, quote unquote. But um, you know th- that. And then you've got you know Micah, who is you know older brother played at Oklahoma, had some great moments at Oklahoma, and is you know had that amazing you know announcement with his whole scholarship with his family there and everything. So 
there's, you know, I, I almost wonder if you're OU, even if you're 50-50 on Micah, do you go after Micah as a DB just to, like, we're going to entrench ourselves here at this? Because you know Booker T is going to have more guys. I mean, yeah. it's coming. It's, it's a conveyor right. belt. That's the way it works. It's one of those and things. Then, if you you're, you're, you're going to take a chance, you might as well take a chance on an Oklahoma kid. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, they're doing well with Booker T now. And I know you're going to see him later. Can OU start to do something at Bixby? That feels like the one that they're really it's missing been an out outlier. On yeah, you know, but the it's an interesting thing because it's kind of like when people used to talk about, well, OU can't win at Millwood. How many guys that OU offer at Millwood? Gerald Jones, the Trayvon Henry kid, who committed to OU and then you know got into some trouble and OU kind of walked away from. So basically, they lost Gerald Jones. Like I don't know, uh, you know how how are you? How are you faulting them, you know, Millwood for that? Millwood didn't do anything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I agree completely that um, – oh, God, I got on Millwood. Now I'm forgetting who we're talking about. Bixby. Yeah. But, Bixby. I mean, oh, oh, who is OU offered? Bryce Bray? I mean, that, that's really about it. Uh, the Presley brothers they were involved with, or at least – Never seemed too interested. Yeah, and so is, – Is that the problem? Like, are they showing enough – even if they're not offering, you think they've been showing enough interest – and that, to that school. And that's the interesting thing, Bob. I was actually literally talking to some of the staff at Booker T about that yesterday. What's the best method? Do you, you know, do you give these kids some love and kind but are you leading them on if you do that? If you know you're not going to recruit them, is it worse to kind of, you know, hey, we want mm-hmm. you to know that we know who you are, we respect you, even if we're not really going to seriously recruit you, or is it better to not fill your head with with something that's not coming? And potentially, you know, cause you to pass up on something you could have taken. You know, maybe you don't commit to Oklahoma State or Arkansas or somewhere else because you thought Oklahoma was going to come down the line, and then you're mad because it didn't play that way. So, you know, and I thought the coach said something interesting. He goes, you know, if nothing else, those kids are going to see, or you know, the the other schools recruiting that kid are going to see. Well, OU's talking to him. OU's involved. You know, OU went by to see him. That kind of stuff. And then, hey, you know, maybe we got to offer this kid. Maybe we move along a little faster. Those kind of things. So he goes. I think any kid is going to say, "I want at least be able to say I have an OU offer," because then other people will come in and look at me, even if it's not a committable sure. offer. Well, and, and that's see, and that's an interesting tact if you go that way and say, "Hey, look, man, we're we're, we're offering you. We're not sure we're ever going to have a spot for you know." Like if you're honest about it on that level, where the kid can claim it, he can have his day in the sun. But at the same time, you know, you and I are we're clear together here mm-hmm. on what this is. You know, and that let's could face work. It, in this but day it's and risky. age, we've seen that. I mean, we know when a kid releases his top five and sure. OU's in it that that's not really a legitimate thing, and that it's 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 not great for the fans, but it's better for the kids and the relationship with the school because the fans are going to see that and like, how would OU lose out to mm-hmm. you know Arkansas on this kid? Well, they really didn't. It's just an optics thing. That's why you become a SoonerScoop.com member. At the, oh, at the same time, it seems like that's a slippery slope, though, isn't it? As far as basically recruiting for others. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at yeah. some point it gets to that. Oh, Actually, yeah. you know what? The, like, it's the, not OU's job to be recruiting because North Texas and Tulsa is too lazy to get on the turnpike and go 20 minutes down the street to Bixby, mm-hmm. the correct which has way been to the case it, for a while. The correct way to play it, and I mean, like if I had an again. advisory position <laughs> like telling people how to handle this, I would say, look, you have a non-committable offer. It's really helped you, you know, open up the eyes of other coaches when you get down to your final three just leave OU out of it mm-hmm. like or not just OU but any if it's Alabama whoever leave those teams out of it 
and don't try and build the drama as a way to just say thank you for helping me get more exposure with your non-committable offer. Yeah. Yeah. Jo- Josh, yeah. do you think we'll ever reach the non-committable in-state offer or are we going to get to that point? In a state like Oklahoma, I I just struggle to believe it because I mean on a good year, and I, I know Oklahoma high school coaches are going to be pulling their hair out when they hear me say this, <laughs> there's six guys, seven guys in the state yep. that can help Oklahoma, and that's a good year, man. And that's not that's not a slight. People, it's just you can't say we want OU to compete at a national championship level and then turn around and say, but yeah, you should recruit my kid who has the physical measurables of a guy that's playing at Ball State. Like It doesn't work like that. That's, that's not the way this goes. And you can take a chance or two in state. That's fine. That's okay. But you really, I mean... The, OU's not recruiting at the take-a-chance level anymore. No, no. I, they don't, I mean, for the first time in forever, at regardless of the position, they don't need to. They're, they're recruiting well enough across the board. Um, and, you know, there was, I talked to some people in Tulsa yesterday that were kind of acting, you know, I, I don't want to say sore, but there was definitely some, you know, we'd like to see OU up here more, you know, we'd like to, them to be a little more present, that kind of thing. But at the same time... Even those guys understand. I mean, like, there's there's only so many guys, even at the big time programs, that OU is going to you know spend their time recruiting. But the thing that's going to be interesting to me this fall is how does Oklahoma schedule all their trips? Because you know we're so used to seeing you know maybe one position coach if he's got really a five star elite guy, he'll go there the Friday night before a game and go yeah. see him. This year, with all with how hamstrung they've been through spring the last two years, I, you've got to think they're going to take every opportunity they can to go see every guy they can because their best source. I mean, and I don't. This is not salesmanship or anything. Their best source of information on some of this stuff right now is us going and shooting video at places because that's their best chance to see what does Chris McClellan look like. Well, I can't see him with my own eyes, but I can see Eddie and Josh shooting from the field. Or I can see, you know, something Rivals got of Malachi Nelson at the L.A. Rivals camp. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of that stuff right now. There's a lot more, you know, kind of um, desire amongst coaches. And I'm, I'm not talking about just OU, just nationwide. Any kind of non-huddle video they can get their hands on to see something a little bit more up close and not from a press box. Yeah, like when you saw the video at Union yesterday of uh... – him standing next to the other players, just like okay, that's a different size kid. Yeah, uh, he is massive. Th- that's <laughs> why Jaden Rowe is a massive kid. The, I mean, the only video I tweeted out yesterday was Jaden Rowe like instructing one of his teammates on the sideline, and it was strictly a perspective thing. Like, yeah. look how freaking big this kid is. And uh, again, I mean, it, it was the hair helped too, though. Oh, that was athletic hair. It, it is awesome hair. <laughs> yeah. He should get a he should get another star just for the hair. Yeah, I, I the. Um, uh, you know, I'm firmly on that hill. If you can, if you can rock that hair, you need to rock that hair. I, I would do anything to have that. So, would you walk away thinking about Gentry as far as Oklahoma goes? Because we we talked to him, and it's up on the board. If anybody hasn't seen it yet, mm-hmm. it's it's on the site today too, as well. Yeah, uh, I just struggle to see a kid. I mean, Eddie, and, and you can answer this too. It felt like when he would talk about OU. His tone changed. His mannerism changed. Like it just felt a little different. Now, if nothing else, it's a sense of comfortability. Yep, yep. Just being comfortable. Yep. He, he, no question. He's excited about Florida. He's excited about USC. I, I, I talked about it in the interview. Missouri's done a 
just a dynamite job with him. Aaron Fletcher is a rising star in this profession and will go very, very far. Uh, for those that don't know, Fletcher was the DB's coach at Tulsa, took the same job at Missouri, and has really done a good job. And Eli Drinkwitz, you know, someone asked me the other day, kind of the top five recruiting head coaches in college football, and I don't think most people would think of Eli Drinkwitz, and I wouldn't have him in that top five, but he's a lot closer to that list than most people think he is. He's very good. He's very active, uh, you know, really going to get in on every kind of call he can, going to make the kids feel like they're important, and just does a, a dynamite job with that. So those are, all, those are all contenders. I mean, I'm not saying that couldn't happen. That are, and I, I think LSU is a very, very sure. sneaky contender for him because, you know, he said it in the interview, that's DBU to me. Like, I mean, and, you know, who can argue with their production? But when a guy kind of out of nowhere will defend a certain school – that tells you something like when he was like, yeah, you know, Grinch was, um, you know, he, he was real honest when he got there, you know, we don't have any production. We're not, you know, we haven't put out guys that'll change. And he goes, now they got Trey Brown, Trey Brown's a, a great player, fourth round, really happy for the kid. But in, if you put, if that was the only production USC had, that's not impressing Gentry Williams. Sure. He wants to believe in what OU's doing. And so Trey Brown being a fourth-round pick is enough for him to say, okay, yeah, I, I'm in. I believe in that. So I, I think it says a lot how the kid looks at certain things. And, uh, again, I, I, I pose a question on the board. When's the last time a kid yelled boomer in an interview and didn't end up at Oklahoma? Like that, that, That's got to be – way out and you know we need uh, advanced the, analytics to determine this yeah open yeah up the scoop stats and info <laughs> it's kind of like hat branch. science mm -hmm. i need dolly and some other guys to get on this let's get moving and how how close is gentry to fully coming back uh i honestly i think if they had to play tomorrow he'd have played like, yeah, he said I, that he practiced last week yep, a little bit yep they they okay. they he went through drills and then once they went full pads they were like yeah gentry you're good um and so I, I think it was. I think it's just them playing safe and knowing how important he is to what they're going to do. Because Booker T, I mean, Lord, if there's any school in the state that could weather not having him right, you know, especially defensively, it's them. I mean, they've got multiple Division One players in their secondary and are going to be just very good and kind of their back seven. So you know, they can take their time with him. What I think is going to be interesting is seeing what they do with him offensively. You know, he played quarterback as a sophomore. Last year they were going to do a lot of varied stuff with him. He got hurt early. They didn't really get to see what that was going to look like. But a guy with his speed, I mean, if he's not running verticals three times a quarter, I think you're doing it wrong. Um, so, it, like I said, they, they can do some, you know, jet sweeps. I think you'll see some interesting stuff with Gentry. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of not important to what we're talking about. But there are a few guys I've covered in the last 10 years of recruiting that I like more than I like Gentry Williams. Just a good kid, always, you know, he messaged me after the, you know, thanks for coming out, man. Like, sure, buddy. I came out to see a top 50 guy in the country. I, that, that's fine. I can do that. So, uh, you know, just you always want to give a guy credit for because we talk about kids that are turds, but he's, he's just an outstanding dude. Um, uh, Josh, just to break things up a little bit, um, Oh, I'll shit, let it's you basketball know. time, isn't it? No, okay, I'm it's out. Not. It's not. Uh, well, you can't go anywhere because you're here. Uh, <laughs> See, you nice. are the overcuster. The full, uh, nice. We haven't we haven't had a chance to break down the full John Rostein interview with uh, 
Porter Moser. We'll have that next week. Uh, <laughs> no, I was going to tell you, I think I'm showing some personal growth uh, in regards to Mexican food. Okay. I went to Dallas this weekend. Saw Just spent some time with the folks. Mm-hmm. First time in, golly, Bobby said it's Christmas. Um, and uh, I did not go to El Phoenix. I have upgraded to Mikosina, which I know, like, we got a big thing on the board going right now where people are fighting about, you know, barbecue, which it that's what you do on a message board sure. this time of year. You fight about who has the most, which, I, by the way, I think is a ridiculous argument because pretty much anybody that is getting paid to smoke meat knows what they're doing. Yes. And there are varying degrees. I get it. There are better mm-hmm. people have other favorite types of barbecue over others. But really, if you give me a list of 10 places in Dallas to go eat barbecue that you say is good, I'm probably going to like all 10. Agreed. Yep. Same. Did you get a Mambo Taxi? No. Um, is Mikasina? that a drink at Mikasina? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's kind of their like, famous uh, margarita, nice. I think. It was nice. Uh, that was the first time awesome. I've dined outdoors. Mikasina is fantastic. really nice. I'm, I'm, I can't say I've ever been, so I couldn't speak to that one. I'll give you yeah. no. Well, no see, grief. it's like the people, the Dal- our Dallas elites are like Miko Cena is shit. <laughs> well, those people are stupid. Yeah, those I mean, they're just like idiots. you need. To, and here's my. What they say, Javier's. Uh, I can go. I'll go. Miko Cena and Javier is both really, really good. They both. My my big revelation of the Carthage trip to see Kip Lewis was that I found brisket I liked, and I've I've been a hard anti brisket. Really. Uh, um, not anti. I just never find anything like I'm like. This is what you're so excited about. Roach, it, give you a place to go out there? No, no. I, I looked it up and it was like 4.8. It was. I mean, literally out in the middle of nowhere. It's like a building and it, there's oh, no. It just sounds like a great place. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is going to be good. And it's like hippie. You know, there's a sign out front. Hippies go through the side door or something like. I mean, it was. I was like, okay, this is my kind of barbecue place. And I went in there, and I wish I could give it the name, um, but like I said, I, w- I would guess people in the area know what it is. See, here's the thing. Okay, like, Sismic is the guy that came after me, which is fine. Mm-hmm. We're, we can come after each other. I'm not mad at you, Sismic. He just said, Mikosina blows. Only thing anyone goes for is the Mambo Taxis, and I'm not doing a redneck <laughs> Mambo voice. Taxis are good. Uh, you don't have, like, three in the cut, He y'all. does say that their sunset fajitas are good, but if you want good Tex-Mex, you went to the wrong joint. Uh, and so then he gives Tex-Mex me Tex-Mex snob is worse than barbecue snob almost. Then he gives me his recommendation, which is E-Bar, which I'm going to tell you, Sismic, when you're that aggressive, I'm not going to E-Bar. <laughs> you cost E-Bar a customer. You cost E-Bar a customer. I've, I've never heard of E-Bar. I've never uh, heard of that E-Bar, one. Mia's, Bandito's, Javier's, uh, which this makes sense that Eddie recommends it, upscale, but people like it. You're, Javier's You're good. fancy. Uh, Mariano's, Avila's, or Avila's, and uh, El Come, I guess. Oh, I think I have been to E-Bar before. It's probably fancy, too. It's kind of trendy. No, but I am, no, all, I am all for, like, everybody. I think Andy Staples has everybody on this earth doing their barbecue tours. I think people should do more Tex-Mex tours. Uh, deal. Yep. I, 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 I'll go to eat Tex-Mex every day if I could. Now, I, I want to, my biggest thing is when people are like, oh, go for the fajitas. It's freaking like th- fajitas that, are good everywhere. Exactly that yeah. that shouldn't yep. be what, if that's what that's you're hanging your hat choice. on. No, it because it, every it, the one in Houston that everybody loves it, that I bag on all the time. It's different. Is, it's is Lupe. It, it is. Oh, good. not Lupe. Uh, yeah, El Tiempo. El Tiempo. Oh yeah, El, El, El Tiempo is a different it's, world. Oh, yeah, fajita. So uh, uh, and El, I even like Guadalajara's. I mean, yep. I think that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. No. Hey, it, I mean, and 
when I moved down there, El Tiempo wasn't like a full chain. Like there was a couple of them. Now there's a bunch of them. Um, so I used to say, as far as a chain goes, Guadalajara is really good. Like I, I, I like yeah. that really well. Um, I'll, I'll say this: like, like Tex-Mex to me is so much more interesting because it's just like the thing I like about Mikosina is like their seasoned ground beef is excellent. Like it's really good. Like mm-hmm. if you get just a regular, I don't like their hard shell taco, but that's the best vessel for their ground beef. Mm-hmm. So I get one. Uh, but it's just like when you go to El Tiempo, it has like a completely different flavor profile. Like the, the what do they put like ham in their Spanish rice or something yes. they do that's really good and, it's, and unique? Right, yep, it's really, really good. And that's that cilantro rice. But like make. for me, if I can go somewhere and I'm, I'm not a big beef enchilada guy, mm-hmm. like that's all my dad gets. But like I think that's how... Ultimately, you should judge a Tex-Mex place. Like, what's their chili con carne like on top? Mm-hmm. Is it uh, is it bitter or is it you know uh, savory? Like, like the cheese they use, but like, how do they season their ground beef? Like, if you can do a beef enchilada right, to me, that's the base of what all yeah. Tex-Mex is. And if it's good, it's going to be a good Tex-Mex restaurant. I think that's pretty fair because there's even some Tex-Mex places I like, and I don't like their their beef enchiladas. The the fajita thing is kind of like a quesadilla. Like my my father in law, every time we go somewhere, he gets quesadillas, mm-hmm. and that's great. And there's plenty of good ones, but it's cheese and meat, like in a tortilla. Like that's pretty Melted hard to screw up. And yeah, meat, which is yeah, hard to like screw up. it's it's delicious. Unless I mean, it's like super greasy. Yes, that's why I don't yes. like Qdoba quesadillas. They're mm-hmm. super greasy. Yeah, the when you're like pulling it out of the bag and there's that slime. Like, yeah, nope, yeah. nope, that that's too much for me. I'm so hungry now. <laughs> oh, that, I should own that. I that's why I was late. I hadn't eaten anything, and I was like, I I'm not doing the pod. I'm not doing two hours of pod or mm. an hour and a half with like not eating at all. So I was like, I'm stopping to get something. That that has to happen. Where'd you go? Uh, <laughs> one of my uh, my guilty vices that Tiffany doesn't ever eat it with me, so I eat it whenever I'm gone. I love Chicken Express. I oh, will, Express. I love Chicken Express. So it's good. Yep, that's that's, that's one another of my thing favorites. that's hard. To, I mean, I'm not going to get in an argument over Canes versus Chick Fil A mm-hmm. versus Chicken Express. They're all good. Well, it's no Dave's Chicken. Soon to come to Oklahoma City. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. I, Dave's is not Gus's though, right? Yeah, Gus's is. Uh, I think oh. it's a little bit too different styles because I Gus think is, uh, Dave is more more like hot chicken. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But. They're opening a couple here in Oklahoma City. Is Uncle Julio still doing, still banging in Oklahoma City? I don't know. I haven't been over there in a while. I don't venture over and do uh, Chisholm Creek too often. It's just kind of too far north, hmm. at least for me. So, yeah, I'm all about uh, trying to find my favorite, even upscale. <clears throat> I don't care. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, got a, I've got a delicate palate. <laughs> So there you go. I, I thought you would enjoy good. that. I I'm I'm reaching. I, I'm branching really out beyond El Phoenix. I'm, I'm now is this because Although I will drive my ass to Windstar for some El Phoenix? I was gonna like, say, is this because Sunday. every El Phoenix is now officially closed in the DFW area? Are they closed? Oh, I don't know. No, I just didn't no, know no. if this was like what forced you out of your comfort El zone Phoenix was will not being close, able to go anywhere. Yeah. No, I mean El Phoenix is always just smash Carrie just sitting out in front of him with like a lighter going like just singing a song of El Look, Phoenix Taco Tico is barely surviving <laughs> if El Phoenix is on life support I don't know what I'll do it'll be a bad scene man uh I, well I mean Bob you were gone last week and I know probably relief a little bit for you maybe not because it's still not over but uh what is kind of the catch-up on the last couple of weeks of, of hoops if anything 
Uh, yeah, not much of anything at uh, at this point. Still one open scholarship. It's clear assistant coach Emmanuel Dildy is the transfer portal guy because he's the one that's following any transfer that they want to show a little bit of interest in. And just going back to what Porter Moser talked about a couple weeks ago, it just sounds like they're looking for the right fit. You know, they don't care if he's like a super senior. They don't care if he's like a true freshman. Whoever's going to you know, fit them to a T as to what they need for this final spot. And I still think it's pretty clear they need a score with size, like around 6'4", 6'5". And, and going back a couple of weeks, that's why Bryce Thompson felt like the roster was made for him to be a Sooner. Obviously, that didn't work out. And now, you know, we're less than two weeks from all these kids coming back to campus. So I'm very curious as to how this is going to play out i think is july 1st the deadline i think for the 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 free transfer to be used for this season i think i think that's right i but, think that's that that's right yeah yeah so it's just got a month and a half or so to figure out what you want to do if anything with that final scholarship i think they they want to use they got to get more scoring or else as great as they're going to be on defense, the offensive grind would be even maybe even worse than what some of those uh, Calvin Sampson years were. Uh, all right. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, basically with football, everybody's kind of been given free reign to get out, you know, and and, and I would imagine at the time of the year, though, where I think everybody would be coming back, won't they? Well, yeah, I mean, when camp starts, couple weeks. I think what, what kind of Lincoln's, I don't know this, but it, it seems like he put out there like, look, we haven't had any time off. We don't get to take a lot of time off. He's in Montana or wherever. Um, and like all the players are like taking these big, like Jaden Hazelwood, I'm seeing him out in Hollywood and stuff. And it's like uh, all these players have taken off and, they're out working out on their own and stuff, but it, it is an interesting time because this is the first real dead period. It's probably it's probably way more than normal because usually this time of year everyone's still working out, doing you know, getting ready to start summer workouts. It's a because it's an eight week program and it usually stops the week before training camp starts, August. So. I mean, yeah, usually like June 7th or so is when everybody is back. Yeah, you almost wonder if they're like, we'll give you a week right now and you guys stay around for the 4th of July type thing. I would think so, yeah. Although, you know, with COVID and with everything that people have been through, it's just like, I I almost like just watching the NBA as much as I do. Like, you can just tell, like, that's a sport in 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 a group of athletes that have just been put through the ringer. Like... Yeah. I'm sure these college football players feel like they've really been put through oh, the ringer over the last year. I mean, year. I remember talking to people right before, what was it, the the Cotton Bowl, and it was like, I think everybody's just ready to get out of here. Yeah. Even even back in December. So I can't imagine having to hole up for another couple months, go through spring ball, and I think things were a little bit more lax during spring ball, but it's Plus, still. it's a time you can just kind of be normal for the first time sure. ever. I mean... And- this is the time the coaches have to since the death yeah. period is usually ending right now. It's usually May 31st when it ends. Instead, it's going to be opening June 1st. So May became vacation month because, you know, June and July are going to be crazy. I mean, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when the dead period is off and just how much around the clock, 24-7 attention is going to have to be paid to recruiting. It's going to be absolutely insane. 
And I, you know, and, I think that the coaches are ready, obviously, for it because they're they're ready to get out there as much as anybody. But and as, you know, as far as the recruits go, I I would imagine people are going to be very active in the month of June, and then it's obvious with OU's schedule and everything that they have set up. And I'm starting to do the welcome to OU interviews. I talked to Colin Montgomery and Danny Stutzman yesterday, and it sounds like mid to late next week is when the remaining members of the 2021 class are me coming to Norman. And I would assume that that's when all the the players will be returning to campus to the, to finish out that first weekend of June. We've not had a chance to talk about this, but I think Bob has just sent me to the bench on the welcome to OU stories. No, like, no, here you, you saw Gilliam and Harmon. You don't really have to do one. Okay. You, okay. You know, I, we, we saw, you already saw them in, the spring so i mean not much really changed yeah i was gonna do i i need to check in with him and do something anyway because i kind of told him i would um but yeah what bob is saying is you're slacking yes no i he he was like you traveled to virginia and saw them ass it's already over (laughs) um but no because i was like because i had been meaning for about a week to be like bob bob and i need to set this up and then i thought i was like i failed so miserably in the december group because, like, I didn't get Mario Williams. Like, there was a couple that I needed to get. I think I got, like, three of the six I had. And now one of them, like I said, being Mario, that was always going to be tough. But um, right. so it, I was like, I think Bob just benched me. He, he, he's, <laughs> he's had it with my lack of results on his Welcome to OU stories. The one I'm trying to get is C.J. Nolan. I've got, I got B. John Cortez later today. If I can get C.J. and we can really go in-depth about Porter Moser and whether or not he ever thought about backing out and how he feels now, then I'll feel accomplished. Even going back to when uh, Moser was hired, it seemed like CJ Nolan's one of the hardest men in in sport to get available or to get a hold of. He was tough. He definitely went radio silent until he put that social media message on about that he was sticking with the Sooners. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's – you know, summer camps coming, of course, Champion Barbecue, we've been talking about, uh, you know, ways to handle that that we won't discuss uh, on on the podcast, uh, but uh, I probably said too much already. Uh, so, it involves kidnapping. And yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Kidnapping and bribery. Panel vans um, as well. <laughs> Got to rent those. Um, Don't tell any... What, what do they say on old school? Don't f***ing tell anybody or we'll kill you. F***ing kill you. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. We'll have him home by nine. And then he takes the Cheetos out of her bag. Or <laughs> yeah. I, I, you could make an argument that Frank the Tank is Will Ferrell's greatest character. It's pretty good. Yep. More so than Anchorman? Yeah. You know, do you guys go Ricky Bo- Bobby? I mean. I think say Ricky Bobby I could make a real case for. I, when he, I feel like that could be a real person. Frank the Tank is a real person. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the, like. We all know Although, the guy that basically got married and, and, unlike Frank the Tank, stayed married. But if he hadn't made that turn, he would be Frank. Like that, that sure. would that would be him. I think there's a fourth place foam finger next to you over there. <laughs> <laughs> there is Flint Tropics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not putting that on. It's been through the ringers. Yeah, it's seen some, some things, some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I had to wait out someone to leave the sports animal in order to get that i like i waited for years to get that she cut the two middle fingers out and it could be a uh, horns up for peace prop yeah with the colors yeah that actually that's works genius. out pretty well uh he's gonna take that things too valuable yeah, I, think I might no clean it or not clean it 
Yeah, I just need to clean it. Um, anyway, um, no, we were talking about... I got to say, though, for as a duo, stepbrothers, he and John C. Riley, yeah. even better yes. than yep. Talladega Nights. Yep, I, I, I completely agree. I was watching... I actually got to watching something last night, um, and it was like Will Ferrell outtakes, and it had some of the outtakes from there, and just him and John C. Riley going back and forth, literally... Clearly, just trying to make each other screw up the scene and start breaking out laughing, and their uh, some of the stuff they were pulling was just amazing. When they were doing the ad reads and all that stuff. Well, like there's one. Uh, no, th- this is from Step Brothers. Oh, okay. And you know, while uh, Will Ferrell's painting that scar on John C. Riley's forehead, mm-hmm. Riley keeps messing with him, and like so they break out laughing and they have to start all over again. You know, it was just kind of a it was ridiculous, but it was funny to watch. I'd say the most underrated is the other guys. And I struggle with that because I hate Mark Wahlberg. Like I, I, but I mean Will Ferrell's character. No, no, yeah, like oh, it's great. Like and Wahlberg's really good in it. But I, Mark Wahlberg was in a movie called The Big Hit when I was in high school with Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, and I like he's so he's like the perennial overactor. Like everything is like you son of a and. It's only it's his it's the part. He ever, was by the way his character was a very nice hitman. Yes, he was, in the and hit, the his, whose girlfriend was cheating on him. And like I almost came back and was like, you know what, I'm wrong. I he's okay. And then he did The Departed and played that fucking guy. Oh yeah. And I hate like I loved everything else about The Departed. I hated his character, so I was like, okay, that's. I and that was when I lost interest. So um, I I don't think I've watched The Departed in like. I know for some people that's like Shawshank. But I, don't I don't think watch you it. can make a movie set in Boston and not have Mark Wahlberg in. I think that's the problem. <laughs> I, I liked um, the the Patriots Day they did about the whole the the bombing. I um, never saw that. one. Oh, it's good. No, I, I I did. I liked him in it. Did you like Invincible? Um, Invincible. What is that? One? That's a. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, what's Papali. His Vince Papali. <laughs> no. Only thing I can ever think about that, I have a buddy that kind of looks like Mark Wahlberg in that movie, like the kind of long hair uh-huh. and like kind of muscly kind of dude. So he kind of fell in love with being... like 6'2", though. Oh, I know. Oh, my, and my buddy's like 5'8". So like it, uh, he's much more the Wahlberg Papali than the real Papali. Um, but yeah, so he, he kind of fell in love with being called Vince for a little while there. So... Um, that that's the one I always think of. But yeah, I mean, I, I like certain things he does, but as a whole, like I and it it all comes back to the big hit. And I don't know what it is about that movie because I can't remember hardly anything about that movie. I just remember not liking him and being like, nope, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch can just move the hell on. Like I, I had no should, interest. Should we tell Josh that we went to Wahlburgers for the? Yeah, we went strip? out to we we're on USC on campus. USC we wasn't bad either. It was pretty good. Well, I thought you. I would have thought you guys went to you know of in that that whole family of people, the Fat Sauls. I thought you guys would have gone there. What is that? That's their the uh, Jerry. What's his name from uh, Entourage? That's his. Bur- that's his like sandwich burger joint. I didn't that, know that he had a place like. Yeah, that. it's been like it's been on like diners, drive-ins, and dives. Um, he uh, like they've got all these crazy like you know sandwiches with like bacon and onion rings and like they're they're this damn big they're I huge i don't need a yeah i don't want my that. sandwiches with like all that shit yep. on it it's yep. like that heart attack burger place i'd in love Vegas. to have a i'd love to have some that. onion right. rings just put them on the side yeah. 
I, you know, we talked about Andy Staples and food earlier. The the best food thing he's ever given me was that um, Cuban in Tampa. Oh yeah, that that's one of the best things I've ever eaten in my whole life. And I love a Cuban sandwich, and that thing was righteously good. He was not wrong. You ate that before going to see Stutzman, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I had seen Mario the night before. I I literally I made sure that the scoop got out in time that I was going to have time to drive across the city, get that, and then drive to see Stutzman in Orlando. <laughs> so I was like, there's no way I'm missing that sandwich. Cause he Let him know when he comes up next week to bring one. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, all right. Um, I don't – I mean, I, I just don't know that we have a whole lot of football stuff to really mm-hmm. hit no. on right now. There's been <laughs> – And I think that's a good thing released. for this time of the year. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, nobody, media nobody's – Media days will be in person. Yeah. That's year. great That news. was one thing that's happened. Nobody's committed a felony in the last couple of weeks, so there's nothing to talk about. That's exciting. Um, I guess we – That we know of, yet. Kip Lewis. That's true. Yeah. No, I'd seen him. That's right. I saw him Wednesday, and then we'd recorded on Thursday. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. So we've done that. Um. But yeah, I mean, like so. The rest of the week, you know, I'm like I said, there's going to be a lot of team camps. Um, gonna, I think I, I, we're talking earlier. I probably am going to get a chance to see Jacob Sexton tomorrow as I look at my schedule. Um, going to see the David Stone kid. Uh, going to see Jacoby Johnson, the uh, the DB offer from uh, Mustang. As Eddie and I were talking about, super interested to watch him and yep. just see the progress he's made because he's clearly immensely talented. But I, I think it's fair that there were times last year when all three of us saw him and it didn't translate. I think that there was it, a it, it didn't. Bob, wasn't there a lot when we went to see him a couple times too? It was more of a, a not so much disappointed, but it just looked like his body. He hadn't caught up with his body yet, and he hadn't learned how to use it a little bit. And I I just want to see if he looks like the kid. Oh, that's a junior going into his junior year. Yeah, type thing. The, the most common thing I heard is that they don't. There are people that don't think Mustang has the coaches, and I don't know if that's fair. But that was like, uh, Jacoby, I've got good coaching. He'd actually become the peop- the player that everyone thinks he can be. And I, I don't know enough about what's yeah. happened to Mustang the last couple of years to really comment one way or the other on that. But that, to me, felt like a cop-out. Sometimes that feels like, uh, yeah, it, exactly. It, it feels like a... Maybe the this hasn't didn't pro- get the right coach, or this hasn't wanted. progressed like the like we thought it would. So we're going to blame somebody other than the yeah. kid. I, yeah, I, I'm not there every day enough to weigh in on that. I I mean, Blankenship, the the head coach, he's had a success just about everywhere he's been. But what I will say is, it's tough for coaching to matter when he's spending most of the summer doing AAU basketball stuff. Sure. Like it, it's, I mean, yep. and you know, and that's that's part of it, guys. So cause I saw him last June when I came up for that weird trip that got you know basically postponed by covid and then you guys saw him early in the season well in both those situations when i saw him he's in the middle of aau basketball when you guys see him he's still probably only a month into really playing football and you know who knows what he what he looked like in person say in november but it's just going to be interesting to watch and see it like because at some point, it's got to move from being, oh, you're 6'1 and incredibly talented and run well, you can do all these things, and into, okay, nobody can throw to your side of the field. I mean, he needs to be that kind of guy if he is the kind of guy that OU offers as a, as a sophomore. Well, and, 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 the, and think about this, Bob. Just he, as, used, he was used on offense a lot last year. Too. Yeah, that's and exactly. I don't know if that narrative is changing the, the two times we saw mustang play he hardly played on the defensive side of the football yep. he played offense like crazy and people say his confidence level was shook on defense because there's the lack of coaching that that was the narrative that was always spun to me 
What what I'm gonna find interesting moving forward is whether it's camps or champu barbecue. I know, Josh, tell me if you think that this is correct way in putting it. To me, last year, recruiting basically just like all it was is was just reinforcing recruits' preconceived notions about schools, like because they could, couldn't really go anywhere and learn anything new and like have you know have their head turned around mm-hmm. like to say oh this is different than i thought or oh these people aren't what i thought they were i really like this like i mean you could say like the summit did that but it did it really do that i mean tristan lee went somewhere else kamar wheaton went somewhere else uh did it did the summit turn anyone that wasn't going to go to ou um bob your memories of that is better than mine but i can't think of it i mean you had you had Caleb, you had Farouk, the Kyrie Jackson kid still went to Alabama. Um, it was basically making the best out of just an awful situation that nobody deserved but I'm, to be in. And that, I'm not ripping on the summit. Oh, like, no, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Is, yeah. That, is, that is something like you didn't have coaches' involvement. You couldn't you couldn't really make a sales pitch to any of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to Kerry's point, the, when I'm doing this welcome to OU things, one of my questions, though, is if it wasn't OU, what school would have been? This year's class has had a hard time answering because they said there was just no way of knowing because yeah. we didn't take those trips. We didn't have those conversations. Once we committed to OU, a lot of schools backed off because there was like, there's no way you could entice guys when you can't bring them into your campus to try to change their mind. So, what I'm getting at is actually a question for you, Josh. Like, do you think, like, we think we know how recruiting is going across the board, especially nationally. But do you think once visits happen, like OU might, there might be a kid here or there that they get involved with that you didn't see coming? Oh, I don't think there's any question. I, you know, I think your timing of that question is really good because we've got Adam Friedman running a story with Andre Green Jr. talking about setting up an official visit to uh, Oklahoma, or excuse me, an unofficial visit this summer, who is, you know, a, a nationally elite, you know, uh, four star receiver. And, um, you know, we've kind of always thought, oh, receiver's done. But he's such a big, explosive guy that they may say, hey, you know, we're going to find a way to get this guy in the class. But I think you're going to see more flips than yeah. we've ever seen. I think that's yep. going to get crazy in the fall. The tr- it's going to become the transfer mm-hmm. portal of, oh, yeah. of verbal <laughs> commitments. Because, yeah. I mean, like, as a – don't get me wrong. Coaches can be kind of shameless sometimes in the way they'll present things. But as a college coach, I don't know how you look at a kid and are like, how could you take a visit? Like, how could you go look at other places? Like, especially to like a, you know, let's be honest, like an inner city kid that that's their only means is to take official visits and go see these places. They haven't had the chances to go with mom and dad just to go see a campus or do something like that. So with those kind of kids, it, it feels like even the sternest of coaches would be like, I get it, man. Go, you know, go, go here. Now they're going to be like, Hey, we'd much rather you go to the middle of the SEC than go see Alabama. <laughs> but, you know, like th- th- there, there's going to be some of that. And I, so I think you're going to see, I, I mean, and I think it'll work for OU. I think it'll work against OU. I mean, there's, there's going to be flips. This is going to be, June is going to be wild with visits in general, but I think once you get into October, November, it, I mean, we, we could see some Ryan Broyles, um, you know, for some of the older guys, the um, oh Antonio Clay from years ago that went back and forth between OU and Clemson forever. 
you know, you run through some of those names. Like, you're going to see. Corey Nelson. Yeah. I mean, these wild signing day, you know, kid that, you know, kid signs with Oklahoma that nobody even knew OU had offered him or something, you know, something like that. Or, you know, anybody that's not a Soonerscoop.com member wouldn't know. But, um, you know, that kind of stuff. You're going to see some just wild things because these guys feel like they've been pent up for the last 18 months. And, frankly, they have been, and they don't know anything about most of these schools. Yeah. And when you got elite kids like Relique Brown, like Luther Burden, you're just going to have to deal with it. I mean, they're going to see other schools. Uh, There's going to be at some point where every coach is going to be like, can we just go back to the damn Zooms? Yeah. (laughs) I forgot what it's like to have to hold on to a commitment. Exactly. I loved virtual visits. (laughs) You mentioned yesterday, too, Josh. It's like, if you're in Oklahoma spot, let the kid go take a visit. Like, Mm -hmm. all right, go compare Arkansas to Oklahoma or go compare wherever you want to go to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I think Oklahoma would feel pretty comfortable with sending kids out and saying, yeah. In fact, here's a checklist. We'll give it to you. It, it's interesting because we were talking, and this is kind of related, but we I, again, I was talking to a coach in Tulsa yesterday, and he was talking about a Big 12 school. Um, you know, I'll let people collect what, connect whatever dots. I'm not going to name them. But ba- basically, the minute <laughs> a kid that they either have committed or thought they kind of led for, once they start taking visits or going to other schools – he goes, you can sense them tighten up. You can sense it like, oh, we're going to lose you. We're going to lose Like it's got – Like it, they get a little super needy. It, it's the Tommy boy. You know, like I love my pet and I squeeze my pet. Like, and it's too much. And then they, they end up doing exactly what they're afraid they're going to do. Yeah. And so uh, I, I think, you know, kind of to Eddie's point, what he's saying, if you're Oklahoma, go, go take a visit. I mean, who, who are the schools you're scared of? Ohio State would scare me. Alabama would scare me. Clemson would scare me. USC with a guy like Relique Brown. Okay, I get that. That yeah. that makes some sense. I mean, Rock like other other me. than those three, they have to be unique situations for me to be Oklahoma and not feel like I should still land this guy. This should still happen um, because the bag man. You're OU. Josh, that's I, why. Hey, you know, I, I have heard McDonald's uh, much like their uh, old Monopoly games. They're starting to be very particular about who they give their bags out to. So hopefully that can curb some of the SEC madness. I think there was a Netflix special about that. It was. It was really good too. I watched. That's, that's really what, good. That's what literally made me think of it. I always it, wanted to win that game. By the way, oh. I I got a new uh, app. I got a new iPhone. Um, and so I, with it came a year of Apple Plus, so I'll finally be able to watch Ted Lasso. Oh, that's and, nice. You know, you know how that feeling is like when you're jealous when you know something's really good, but you've already seen it, and somebody else like I get it's to finally sit down and watch it. I'm like, you son of a! I love Ted Lasso because it's it's funny, but like it's also it's not just like stupid. Like it's got some soul to it. Like I mean, like you like him as a character. He's not just this dumbass, which he absolutely is. But you you come to like him as the show goes on. I've seen on. the first, like, f- most of the first episode up to the point where he f- get, walks into the office and meets the mm-hmm. wife, the mm-hmm. owner wife or yep. ex-wife or whatever. Uh, and my whole thought is I am kind of sizing him up. Mm-hmm. Like, is this guy an idiot? Or, like, does his coach, is his assistant the reason he's successful? Like, you just have all these vibes coming from him, and mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how to feel about him yet. So. I, and I, like I said, I think that's part of like, you come in with this idea that he's going to be this very set thing 
And he's, I mean, again, it's a comedy. I'm not trying to make this as like this is Shakespeare or something, but he's more complex than you think he is. Like he, there, there's more levels to him than, uh, than you expect. And he, it's, it's funny. I mean, like he just does a funny job laughing at himself. I think Jason Sudeikis is one of the funniest guys on the planet. He's but. very likable. I'm glad he got to have all that sex with Olivia uh, Wilde before she left him for Harry Styles. Is that what I knew they would split, but I didn't know what the deal was. I think that was just a fling that she had. Well, you know, I, and maybe some other people can back me up. I'm a big David Blaine fan, and so David Blaine had done one of his, you know, like... What? Yeah, no, I, I can make this connection. Give me a second. David Blaine, <laughs> um, you know, does all these these tricks for the stars. It was on ABC or something. So it's one of the ones I've watched. Well, one of the stars he went and saw is he went into their house with, mm-hmm. with Sudeikis and Wilde, and Sudeikis almost was dickish to her. Like, and he was clearly drunk or high or something. Like, he was off his head but like he was kind of like mocking her most of the time like and i think to a point it was fine but i was kind of like you know on national tv maybe be a little more chill than that (laughs) like it just and i was like dude i i feel like you're kind of like batting above your head you might want to be a little more cool than that but um so you know i mean he did get to have a lot of sex so congratulations on that jason Outside of that, no Olivia Munn, not a Panther. There's only one Olivia in my life. <laughs> There's only one Olivia in Eddie's world. She's John Mulaney now. Yeah, is she yeah. really? Well, yeah, that's what they say. I mean, who that's knows? And apparently, she was chasing him even when he was married. Well, he went to rehab, and then they were like, they broke up. He broke up with whoever he was with, and well, he's married. He, he's oh, he married. was married. Ended, yeah, yeah, yes. that's just a piece of paper. <laughs> Hi, Tiff. <laughs> Says the guy that's never been married. Josh is in good hands, <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> Eddie and I are going out drinking here in a little while, Tiff. We're going to talk about how marriage is just a piece of paper. I wish. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's that's all I had. I have no movie recommendations or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, series recommendations. I really am out of material for the day. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm going to start watching The Mayor of uh, Easttown. That sounds like it's getting pretty rave reviews right now with uh, Kate Winslet. I, I've i seen bad things about that. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. Like it's gotten bad or something. Like it had It's like really dark, I think. East Mayor, is that what it is? Yeah, something like that. Mayor of Easttown? Mayor of Easttown or something. Mayor, yeah. mayor of Easttown? Easttown? M-A-R-E, though? Yeah. Not mayor? I watched uh, like Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix. It's like... Um, it's a superhero movie, but it's like these guys, basically. Oh, I know what you're talking. They're about. getting older now. It's like Josh Duhamel and some of those guys. And Dumal. Uh, do is it Dumal? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I went phonetic. So anyway, um, I watched a lot of Vegas back in the day. So. I got you. So and, a lot and of it's boobs in that. It's interesting. Should I mean, if you make a movie about Vegas and you can't work boobs in there about every 15 seconds, you're doing it wrong. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's basically like the the first group of superheroes have gotten old and their kids are kind of coming along and trying to figure out if the rules that, you know, they kind of abided by in the 1950s still work now as far as how to be a superhero and the right, right way to do things. And it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. And, you know, there's some, uh, I went through the first season probably in like three days. Like I, I, I was, I was kind of into it. I need to finish it. the boys on Amazon. Cause that's oh, a really good series. The boys is great. Yeah. But yeah, I'm down for alternate superheroes. Like I don't know, I saw the trailer for this Eternals thing, and it looks really odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that one. This whole new Marvel's universe, the whole thing is just different. The 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 losing Iron Man and Captain America. I did like Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney. 
I didn't I watch love that WandaVision. one. See, I didn't see that one either. I liked I, WandaVision. It was okay. It I was couldn't. it was a little nerdy compared to like uh the Falcon and in, in the Winter It looked Soldier. super campy to me, kind of like it was you just had to a, get through the first two episodes. Yeah, of the it was Black just a, you. That was a grind though, because you're like, <laughs> how long do I have to put up with this? But once you got past it, it got really good, really fast. And that's how Bob grinds, getting through two episodes <laughs> of a of a Disney show. Are we done with? Are we done with like streaming though? A little bit. Are, has the the golden age of streaming ended? Now that we're getting back out to normal life things? It'll be interesting to see how people respond. Are they they like, Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I can go out again? And they're like, no, I'm pretty much addicted to Netflix now. (laughs) It's too late for me. Like Lainey. Lainey knows what her shows are on. She likes the new Sonic the Hedgehog with, uh, oh, the guy from... um, Oh damn, he's Jim Carrey's in it, but it's the the he's the bad guy. But anyway, she likes that one now. She's like, that's on Prime. I, I, like she knows where <laughs> stuff is. She can find wow. it. I'm like, good god. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the football season works out with coverage and what stations shit's going to be on. And did you think it was interesting that Lincoln Riley retweeted that that wife that had um, bought her husband season tickets or something? Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, that can't be an act. Like that's not just out of the goodness of his heart. Where was it? I don't think I saw it. He read like I didn't see that either. The, uh, somebody's wife had bought um, like a uh, a pair of season tickets for her and her husband. Oh, for Oklahoma. Yeah, for Oklahoma football. And he retweeted. It was like, hey, enjoy, you know that kind of thing. And because I mean, you know, OU is concerned. I mean, everybody in college football. No, is concerned yeah, about I think that so. Right now, yep. I think so. I I I would love to know what the actual number is right now on mm-hmm. how many season tickets they have available because I know they've hit my parents up about. You know, you guys want more? Yep. Yeah, I think we're pretty good right now. I, it's the same deal. Like, I, I'm just interested to see, like, people that couldn't go to games, are they thirsty for, like, I want to get back in that environment and tailgate and do all those normal things? Yeah. Or, hey, I kind of loved hanging out at home and, you know, having, a fo- you know, food that we cooked. And I think depending on if you have kids, what age you are, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of people that are ready to get back. And I think that, you know, the first couple games are going to be incredible. I think the Nebraska atmosphere is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, shit, the Western Carolina game is going to be awesome just for the fact that everybody's in there. Yeah. But then again, it's like, and we've talked about it before, and Oklahoma fans are all too familiar with this. It's hard to get excited for whoever, you know, whether it be a Kansas or whatever shit team from the Big 12 is coming into town. <laughs> well, and you guys, I'm sorry, I had to go. I had a certified letter come in, a title to my car. Um, you don't need that. You actually do need that. It's very nah, important. Um, I got to get a tag on it. Um, yeah, get I mean, a the vanity whole, plate. Did you guys talk about the whole C-murder. buying up the... Oh, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, Scoop one. That car's already douchey enough without a <laughs> personalized tag on it. Add no, the it's sharp. I like it. it That's my first look at Super it. I like it. Wrap. I told you. If, I can't do that because then I'm going to drive it to like Stillwater and it's going to get beat to hell. Uh, well, just don't drive up there. Just don't go. What you're I mean, saying, don't go to games? Well, I'll drive. Okay. Well, I mean, what? That's once every two years? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to OSU basketball I, I games. I can't go to Lubbock with it. Oh, that's a fact. <laughs> that's where the uh, Scoop RV comes in. <laughs> they, they, they just find it in that car graveyard outside Lubbock. <laughs> you know, like the one in Amarillo. Exactly. The, uh-huh. find my car yep. just straight up and down with the Cadillacs. <laughs> uh no, but I mean the whole thing about did you guys mention the two lane buying the season tickets and all that stuff? So mm. I mean there are some things 
out there where like some people are very excited, like willing to go the lengths of buying season tickets for Tulane football so they can guarantee they'll get a seat, uh, which they I don't look. And that's the whole thing. It's like the I wonder visiting teams like if that's that's already been pared down so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you barely see visiting sections anymore yep. uh, when you go on the road. Uh, except OU fans, <laughs> they buy yeah, up everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, there's only like, and I, I think it's because we've just become so used to it, but I, it's so un, it's not normal to travel like Oklahoma fans You don't do. see a TCU mm-hmm. section or a, a no, Baylor section not at all. in Norman. Not at all. Yeah, that, I mean, OSU will bring fans down, but that's sure. that's obvious. But it's been, like, it used to be like 5,000. I think it's down to like 750 or something like mm-hmm. that for yeah. what visiting teams get now. It's crazy that even that, they str- most of them struggle to fill. So I, I would think... You know, you're still going to have that hardcore group that wants to travel to games. Sure. I mean, there's nothing. I, I, luckily, we've been lucky enough to be able to go to a lot of places, but there's nothing better than traveling and going to a college football game of a place that you don't know a whole lot about. I would bet Nebraska fans really try hard to get to Norman. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. I uh, I actually think Tiffany and I may go to New Orleans and see the Tulane game, which would be our first. I bet our first game in person in ten years, something like that. I mean, it's been a long contact time. a uh, bar down there, do a live post game pod. That'd be interesting with Josh. If Josh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That'd be interesting yeah. somewhere in now, New Orleans. I now, bet we could find a place. If it's eleven, I, I I might be you know a few drinks ahead of you guys at that point. But you know, <laughs> that's by the end of the game, you won't be too far. <laughs> as long as I'm, I can push the buttons, we're fine. Yeah, I think, it'll be I think it, like Eddie in New Orleans may have one of those. Uh, what do they call him? Like he's a strap, strap it to his leg, just like in his pants, so he can just have a little drink on the sideline. I've had some oh, good, re- we've had some good times. For a second. No. I might have a colostomy <laughs> bag by that time. <laughs> I've had some good times in New Orleans. I mean, oh. you, when you stay down there for nine days or ten days that we've been down there for bowl games, mm. after like day six, it's you're ready to get out of there. I I see, and that's the weird thing about New Orleans is like I let Eddie do his thing because it's like I. Me seeing Eddie do his thing, I should just let him do his thing. Like, mm-hmm. I should not be a part of that. I don't want you to feel like the heavy is looking over your shoulder. Or no, I, we had a good time down there. Yeah, but I'm I'm with you, Eddie. I feel the same way whenever I go to Vegas. Like, yeah. about four oh, or five days of Vegas, I'm good. I don't oh, need I any I would, I would question you why you were spending five days in yep. Vegas originally. Yep. That, that Two was, or three days and get the I hell out. I think three is perfect, four yep. is max. Yep. Yeah. I think that's about right, because... I just you can't do it for that long, and, I, and you never know what the time is. No. Like, and that gets Mm-mm. exhausting when you don't know if it's day or night. And I, I feel like it doesn't matter what I've been doing, where I'm at. I feel like smarmy when I come out of there. Like all the hand, the twenty dollar handshakes, and all the the crap you have to do to get into the places you want to go and do the stuff you want to do. It's just it's nauseating. Like I'm like, can I just pay a flat rate and do what I want to do? And not have to kiss anybody's ass to get into this place or that place. It is. I mean, it's really cool because, like, no matter what you go see is great. Yeah. And no matter where you go eat, it's great. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how that's so exhausting, but it just is. (laughs) Because that's all you're doing. You're going places and sitting down and either eating or watching or playing, you know, some kind of gaming. Yep. Or. But it is exhausting. Or gambling. Yep. Sports gambling. It's all. (laughs) <laughs> rolled into one when you go out there uh, you know I, i've said it before i've gone on probably four or five trips with buddies including my bachelor party and then i went a couple of times with tiffany it is 
interesting how different those trips are. I can imagine. Uh, one is gambling and establishments of various varieties and that sort of thing. And the other one, I was like, well, we went and saw Penn and Teller and mm-hmm. we saw Beatles Love, like Cirque du Soleil, which was unbelievable. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. But it is, that city can be really whatever you want it to be. I'm going to tell you, going to a bachelor party in your 40s is a really weird experience <laughs> because you're around a bunch of young guys who you don't realize when you were young, you really weren't that good at partying. Yeah. And when you get older, you kind of know how to fucking party. Well, it's because you do it. When you're 20-something, everything's in overdrive. Like, you want to get to... I'm like I'm in a hurry to get drunk. Like I'm in a hurry to get these places. Like when you're 40, you're like I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna take my time. Yeah, but I'll get there. And I'm gonna remember. Uh, you know, exactly. I'm not. I'm not gonna get blackout. Like, yeah, I'm not know. gonna be vomiting at midnight. Think, I don't think that sounds like you know how to party. Then if you're not trying to get blackout. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Eddie's gonna be going to bachelor parties here in another 10 years, and he's gonna. Yeah, and be it's gonna so be for all the same guys that I went for the first time around. And this time it's just for oh. a different cause. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. For a second marriage, you have a bachelor party. Are you telling me that when you went on the oh, I would. when you went on the golf trip that <laughs> you had people just blacked out and yeah. puking well, everywhere still? Yeah, there was a a good time was had by all. Mm-hmm. They what, know who they are. I don't want to incriminate anybody. Eddie's just saying they were mixing the uppers and downers. They were, they, you know, they nobody got too low. Oh, the water. I mean, and the water was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. All right, I think we're uh, potted out for this week. Uh, it is going to be vacation. Is it next week? You and Bob are both gone, or we're, Eddie and I doing a pod on our own? This is this Might is going to go to that's the bullpen. Up to you guys, man, we bring somebody in from the bullpen. Oh yeah, let's. <laughs> who can we bring in that the board will approve? Not Jason Kersey. Yeah, couple ideas. Not Garen. <laughs> oh yeah, have Garen on talk about Bryce Thompson. That'll go over well. Oh, God. Let's have them both on. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Call MSNBC, see if they want to sponsor it. <laughs> Why not CNN? Because uh, that's a fake news network, Carrie. <laughs> I just let the record show we did not talk Actually, politics. Actually, wait a second. It's interesting being in the room with Carrie and Eddie and watching these things that I've heard happen so many times and watching the... Uh, Carrie looks down. Carrie will have no eye contact with Eddie in his chaos. Sleepy Joe Biden be in town to Tulsa on June 1st. We could come. We could see. I'll I'll tweet the president right now. See, see if he wants to come, come on, on the podcast. <laughs> well, that, since Josh won't be here, I bet Gabe Eichert would come on then. So yeah, they won't fight. We'd do that on Twitter. Well, I mean, you know, that was I mean, like, that's just it was fine. Dude, that's I he didn't take it personally. I'll tell you that. Um. That is one of the things. It's like offensive linemen, man. They they know a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and they want you to know that they're more than just meatheads. Yep. Uh, and, and I appreciate it because the, they do know a lot. Of, I, I look at it as kind of being a catcher in baseball. Sure. Like they look at you as the idiot on the field, yep. but you're the person who knows more than just about anybody sure, else. Sure, sure. And the, the thing is, both he and Schwartz, they're not wrong. I mean, the technique's bad, all those sort of things. It's just the setting. They You've got to understand what a camp is. Yeah. Like, that's not what it's about. Like if, a prospect camp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a prospect camp. Like we're not the the kids are not coming there for instruction. That's not what they're doing. And they're not paying to be there. Yeah, and again, and and I think Gabe and Schwartz both know this. Let's say they were, 
and you've got a position coach that is training you to do something that has nothing to do with what you do for your team, mm-hmm. and then you've got to go – I mean, because we got into this early when camps were happening – we, we would have a rivals coach that would be, you know, whether he's an ex-NFL guy or ex-college guy or whatever he was, he was well-versed, and he would start to give these guys advice and pointers. Well, then they'd go back home, and the coach would be pissed. He's like, that's not what we do here. We step out. We do that. You know, whatever it is, there's a difference in the way we do things. And so you've, you've messed with what I'm trying to do, and then you get coaches not wanting to send kids to camps. So, yeah, there's going to be advice on, like, hand placement, things that are fairly universal, but they're not working on overall technique because if you spend all your time doing that, the kids are going to get two reps each, and it defeats the whole purpose of the camp, which is just to evaluate your skills, what you can do physically. And, you know, Gabe and I talked about that, and he was like, well, technique's a part of skills. It absolutely is. I can t- – yeah, a, a, a great. I mean, that's the idea of having a great offensive line coach. That's why guys want to go play for Bill Biedenboe. He can teach them technique. He can teach them the things they need to learn. But, I mean – I can't teach a six foot, two hundred and forty pound offensive lineman to be an elite athlete. I can teach a amazing talent how to properly handle the blocking assignments I want him to do. So that that's again part of it is they're absolutely right on the point they're making, and I think we've got to be careful sometimes because we do highlight guys that like oh he's really good, but on this play he. It was terrible. This is not what you should be doing at all. So you have to be careful of that. But at the same time, that's not what the camp is for. Guaranteed Jeff Schwartz would have called 911 at the first Rivals camp when DJ Ward got slapped across the head. Yeah. Uh, I was back in the like, day, man. Like, like, if you want to see bad... <laughs> Like bad, that was terrible. Just go, like just go through the uh, go through the YouTube and find Miami highlights. Oh, rivals God. camps. DB like, that's 101s. a legitimate brawl yeah. to get it's off the a, line. It's just yep. a fight at the line. It really is. It's people swinging, like literally yep. taking swings at the wide receiver when they when they hike the ball, and the receivers take swings too. Well, and, and I said it to Gabe, like, and it's and I mean he took my point of what I meant. Gabe didn't play any offensive line in high school. Gabe, people forget Gabe was a tight end. Took to a shot at him. I tight thought end. that was unwarranted. Yep. It wasn't a shot. It was. It was just a statement of fact. Like, and I tried to like nestle it in there as a fun little joke. But Gabe, it's not like Gabe was well versed in the blocking game. He's a big athletic guy, and they're like, you know what? We can find something to do with that. It's just like what we're talking yeah, about. He didn't have to be. He was. He yeah, was a really good tight end. He was. Oh, I I told him in you know in one of the posts. Made one of the I was there the night they beat Salisaw. One of the best coach, best catches I ever saw was a touchdown catch he made when they were about to get upset because that was when McGinnis was a monster in four A. I mean they were beating the crap out of everybody, and uh, you know before they went to five A. So um, no, Gabe, Gabe was a good player, good athlete, could have played tight end a lot of places, but you know there was that was a time and that was what OU did with a lot of guys under you know Patton and that group. We'll have the gay biker rebuttal next week. <laughs> I think we, we might. <laughs> I know Dusty has asked if he wanted to come on. I might I might hit up Dusty, see if he wants to do the pod with us. That'd be cool. That'd be pretty cool. Talk some ESPN broadcasting. He I want him to come in here in a suit, though, if he if he would. I like the way that fits. Whatever he comes in here with, it will be skin tight. <laughs> I'll wear the same. And he works <laughs> he works to to warrant wearing that those clothes, so He's a still a workout warrior. Uh, all right. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun coming up. Uh, you know, when uh, the official visits start happening, when the seal is broken, Josh probably isn't going to like it. Bob's probably not going to like it because it's going to be madness, but it's going to be fun. And 
Josh will like it because we'll sell subscriptions out. Next week when we talk, there it, the dead period will be gone. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, there might be kids popping up for, you know, unofficial visits on the first couple days of June that we just don't even know about just because they finally can. So it's going to be crazy and looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to the players coming back. So we have some off-season stuff to start talking about as well. Uh, so for this edition of the Unofficial 40, uh, appreciate uh, Josh being in studio. That was cool. Uh, the calf tat is still alive and well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, did you? By the way, did you get the calf tat because you felt like the calves were always going to be your best feature? Uh, yeah. I mean, no. No, uh, I got it, honestly. I don't even remember why I got it. And the, my favorite thing that so few people notice, it's not actually straight. There is a up tilt in the, uh, in the line. You can see it when you look at it. But, uh, yeah, the, um, the calf tat is so faded at this point. Like, you can hardly even tell the colors that it started as. Like, the black is kind of like gray at this point, which is, you know, not unlike the hair on my face. It's, it's getting ugly. Tiffany ever, like, whisper... No, I think if Tiffany could remove anyone... Get a little retouch. uh, You know, I don't want to ruin the mystery because I know it's always a fun, bored topic, but I would say one of my other tattoos is probably what she would rather remove than the one on my calf. I don't think that one bothers her all that much. And don't worry, kids. No all aboard or anything like that anywhere on my body. So it's it's not it's Baby not maker with an arrow. Yeah, there's there's no shameful <laughs> shameful tattoos, but there there's one that's fairly aggressive, kind of prison style that is not her favorite. Oh, it says boner garage on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it was really odd. He had the twin towers coming down before oh, it even no. happened. <laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Thanks to Bob. Thanks to Eddie. Uh, we'll, Eddie and I will be back next week uh, as uh, vacations are well-deserved, and I uh, am happy for you guys to kind of get some time off. And even though, Bob, I know you're going to be hectic doing wedding stuff, uh, enjoy it. Hopefully Pearl uh, takes uh, care of, of her mom and dad uh, while you guys are away. So Indeed. thanks for listening. We'll see you guys back here for another edition of the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.